Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fried. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trekking. We welcome you to this very special Thanksgiving episode. Today, we ask, in what ways have the COVID-19 pandemic altered logistics planning for this Thanksgiving, and how will it influence future coordination next year? We'll set out to answer those questions with our special guest, J.J. Smith, president of Valley Proteins. Welcome to the show, J.J. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how, how, first of all, how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> uh, different than most years. Uh, my wife's family has always gotten together, which included travel, so we normally would have 24 for Thanksgiving. But today we only have 11, so it's just my immediate family. Okay, okay. It's best to keep it safe. It's best to keep it safe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We have a 90-year-old uh, grandmother and an 84-year-old grandmother, so it's probably best people stayed away this year. Yes, it is. Yes, it's best to be safe. Um, you know, before we, we get started on things, uh, can you tell our uh, our listeners about Valley Proteins, which is number 90 on the top 100 private uh, transport topics list. Um, can you tell us about your business and specifically the business of rendering? Yeah, Valley Proteins uh, is the largest privately owned uh, rendering company in North America. Uh, we collect animal byproducts from all species as well as used cooking oils from restaurants. And we process the moisture out of those products and then those raw materials, and then separate the fats from the proteins. Uh, the fats typically are used as uh, as energy, either as calories in an animal's diet, or they make a great feedstock for biodiesel or renewable diesel. Most all the proteins goes into some type of an animal feed, either pet foods or commercial feeds to grow your next generation of animals. Uh, like I said, we're the pri- largest privately owned uh, business of our type in the United States. We employ 2,000 folks and provide service in 26 states, mostly in the eastern and southwestern regions of the U.S. Uh, we service over 70,000 locations, which the smallest mom-and-pop-owned restaurants and large major poultry processing plants. We have operations in 12 states. We operate a truck fleet of over 600 power units. And our products are sold domestically and worldwide, and, are, uh, and we actually have a trading office in Singapore. We're a large exporter to Asia. That's a, that sounds like a, a very big business, and that's the reason why you need a, you know, a big private fleet, as you have. Yeah, the service is very important in our business. We have to have our trucks because the folks that we get the byproducts from need good service for removal of these materials. Because otherwise, the USDA won't allow it to operate. Speaking in, the, in, in those terms, um, you know, as we just discussed just about over the Thanksgiving table, um, 
You know, how has your company been impacted by the coronavirus? We're, we've actually had a, a pretty good year overall, but I'll tell you that our business has been much different this year than we would have expected or in prior years. Um, our volumes from the meat industry, uh, small country butchers and supermarkets, has actually been better than expected this year for various reasons. Um, the, the restaurant sector, on the other hand, has been off quite a bit due to COVID. Uh, we get most of our volume from the lower price point restaurants that in most cases have drive-through windows and have been able to hold on to a lot of their business. But uh, back in early April, our restaurant business dropped to about 50% of the prior year. And that was also during the Easter holidays, so that may have had some effect. But after about two weeks at about half of our expected volume, uh, it slowly started to rebuild and uh, continued to rebuild. Uh, in the month of September, the last month that I've got uh, figures in front of me, we actually were back to about 90% of the same month in 2019. And I believe based on the weekly figures I saw in October will be similar. So um, we're, we're pretty fortunate in our business to be considered essential because you can't operate modern meat production without rendering businesses like ourselves to take away the, the one-third to half of the animal that the U.S. consumer uh, views to be inedible. And so they've got to have an outlet you know, to go with these materials. So um, most government agencies view us as essential, so we've been able to continue to work through this, even in states that had pretty significant shutdowns. It seems that, you know, you definitely had a challenge from Easter to to now during the, the holiday season, which is in full swing right now since it's Thanksgiving. Um, what lessons have you learned from that particular time? You know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic, but, um, you know, getting through that, what are the lessons learned? I think the first lesson learned is to have a good enough balance sheet so you get yourself through whatever challenge comes along. Um, you can never be prepared for something like this. And, you know, having a uh, workforce that's uh, well-staffed and you're not short coming into this is helpful because when you get into this type of absenteeism, you can get behind the eight ball very quickly where you're short on uh, on workers and associates. Um, you know, we just all had to be flexible. The business changed a lot. There were a lot of opportunities, but uh, but you had, to, you had to be nimble as management. And you had to take care of your people the best you could. You had to get those safety supplies anyway and the best way you could to them. So very interesting year. I've been in the industry for 35 years. This has been one for the record books. I've never seen anything quite like it. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to. A Transport Topic Special Report. Recently, battery-powered trucks were the subject of one of these reports. We've also dedicated special reports to electric logging devices and, going back a few years, the earliest days of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's CSA program. In November, we're turning our attention to another big issue, the rise in nuclear verdicts and the difficult climate for trucking insurance. 
In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest report, visit ttn.ws forward slash insurance. You had mentioned that the restaurants have really taken a hit during this pandemic, and you know that's a good sizable amount of your business. Uh, you had discussed how you've been working with them. Um, I, I just want to ask, you know, that the, the lines of communication when it when it comes to working with the restaurants. I mean, those are those are your your business partners slash customers. Um, you, can you elaborate on just the, the strengthening of that communication? Because I know there's a you know there's a lot of things that that have to be settled definitely in this once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. Um, could, could you talk about that dynamic? Yes. Uh, it's been very key to have good communications with the restaurants. Uh, of the 70,000 locations we serve, is probably 65,000 or more of our restaurants. So um, we, we don't get our greatest volume from the restaurants, but we certainly have the most uh, locations that we have to service. And we have a very extensive route network. And when you're already faced with absenteeism for drivers due to illness and other issues, the last thing you want to be doing is running around to a bunch of restaurants that are open and there's, and there's no business at. So we use our customer service desk to do a lot of calling to find out what the situation was with restaurants throughout our system and to confirm which ones were open and which ones were closed and to try to keep our routes uh to where we can run them profitably and also within the resources that we have. You know, um, were there any you know, outlier situations uh, that you had to work with restaurants and, and at first it didn't seem applicable, but you kind of came to a, a, a good solution and, it can't, and things went from a, you know, a, a desperate situation to a good outcome? Have you, were there any experiences such as that? Well, with the number of locations we service, we're used to call-ins and having, you know, uh, issues with health department or somebody hits one of our containers and turns it over in a parking lot. You know, we're, we're kind of used to daily fire drills to some degree to, with our customers. So I wouldn't say this year we dealt with any more of that. There's nothing that really sticks out in my mind. I will tell you, though, that, you know, we have routes as far north as um, Pennsylvania and Ohio and New Jersey and as far south as Florida along the East Coast. And it has been really different throughout the regions. I mean, it was locked down a lot tighter from Washington, D.C., north than it was to the south. And we saw the restaurant business recovering much faster in Texas and Florida and the Carolinas than we did, say, Maryland and Pennsylvania and, and New Jersey. So, you know, it's it's just you you can't make – you haven't been able this year to make a long-term game plan. You, you have to really look at the cards that are laying on the table today and this week and figure out, you know, what does the game have to be this week and then, you know, next week it, it could be a new game. Okay. You know, being in such a business that you have to plan as such, uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and, and a lot of uncertainty involved. So I, I guess 
by me asking this next next question, I, I'm looking for you to put your analyst hat on and kind of uh, give the, the the big view answer, I guess. Uh, you know, what are you expecting uh, for, for next year since you you've gone through this? Um, and we, we talked about lessons learned, but industry wide for, for your business specifically, um, what do you see in, in the, the new year that you can implement from the situations that you you lived thus far? Yeah, like everyone else, I guess we're hoping that 2020, uh, 2021 turns out, turns out to be a much more normal year and vaccines available soon. We certainly read the newspapers and watch TV and, and go to church and pray on Sunday. Um, you know, I think anytime you've been through an experience, the next time you go through it is, is easier. You've learned a lot and you've got that experience. Uh, that experience under your belt. So I do think if we're still continuing to deal with this in 2021, it will be easier because we've learned a lot. You know, we've, we've got a lot more of the supplies on hand than we did uh, back in, you know, late March when this first hit us. Um, it, we probably had as much challenge in our business uh, relating to the meatpacking industry, because as you read in so many news articles or saw on the, on the nightly news, they had big absentee issues in these major meatpacking plants, and it's very hard to socially distance in these meatpacking plants. So I, I would say really more than restaurants, the meatpacking industry was probably our bigger challenge, mostly week to week. And I, you know, I think they've certainly learned a lot from it, and they've re-engineered their plants to some degree. Uh, to try to protect themselves of it going forward. Um, but as I said earlier, you know, every one of our proteins, we're fortunate we're considered essential, and we know our fellow uh, citizens are going to continue to consume meat and eat away from home. So we're pretty confident as our outlook into next year, but uh, we also know that, you know, it's going to take a, a lot of uh, well-thought-out management moves, just like it did this year to have a successful year. Are the holidays usually a busy time with, with the increase in, in, in turkeys and, and, and it being consumed and people going out to eat? How, uh, the, the, fall, the fall is a busy time for us. Um, you know, usually with the restaurants and the supermarkets, we're kind of the last of the game. So the way everybody's used what they wanted and the waste goes to us. So. Usually we're busier, you know, after the holidays or after the holidays have started. Um, the meat industry, on the other hand, gears up quite a bit ahead of the holidays. And so the fall is, is usually very, very busy in the pork business with hands around Thanksgiving and Christmas and certainly for the turkey industry. Now, with that said, if you went back 40 or so years ago when I was much younger, uh, the turkey business was very seasonal. A lot of the plants would only operate from late summer to about Christmas, and so they'd be off like six months. That's changed a lot. A lot more turkey meat now goes for deli and that type of thing, and it's more of a year-round business. But the other thing that makes the fall busier for us is, is that you have the 4-H kids that grow animals through the year, and then they sell them in the late summer at fairs. They go, you know, for a slaughter. And then there's a lot of people that may have farmland that they have their own animals that they don't want to carry through the winter. So they'll, you know, they'll have them on pasture during, you know, during the 
green period, and then in the fall they'll want those dressed so they have meat to get through the to the next year. So usually the fall's always been pretty busy for us, but not nearly the way it was 40 years ago. That was very interesting. I, I just uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed listening to that answer and, and, and learning learning from it. We've been speaking with J.J. Smith, president of Valley Proteins. J.J., it was a pleasure having you on, and thank you for taking the time out of your holiday schedule to speak with us. You're welcome. I enjoyed the opportunity, and I hope, I hope you have a good turkey dinner yourself. Valley Proteins is the largest collector and processor of turkey byproducts in the North America, so you have the right company from our industry on your show today. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. In what ways have the COVID-19 pandemic altered logistics planning for this Thanksgiving? And how will it influence future coordination for next year? As we spoke with J.J. Smith, whose private fleet services restaurants and supermarkets, this pandemic has thrown Valley Protein some curveballs. However, with adjustments in communication with their partners, the company has been able to see through this time and continue to deliver to its customers. With the country headed into unknown territory with COVID, companies like Valley Proteins are continuing to weather the storm and navigate through this new normal. Also, on behalf of Transport Topics and the Road Science team, we want to wish you a happy and especially safe Thanksgiving. We're grateful for you taking your time out of your festive day with family and friends to join us this holiday. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.